Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Friday, March 20th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with the one and only GPP super stud of the NBA DFS world. That's Mr. Andrew Hansen. How are you today, Andrew? Well, I'm doing all right, Coach. Thanks for asking. I'm kind of doing what you're doing. It's reminding myself that this is Friday. It's kind of hard to keep track of what day we're on. Yeah. So um, here we are, another day, another podcast. That's what we do. We do, and we're going to stay positive. I mean, it's yes. easy in this time frame to complain and and uh, you know about everything from how this has been handled to leadership to what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. But the bottom line is, you know what? That doesn't do anybody any good. And uh, we want to stay positive. This this podcast hopefully can be a fun little escape uh, that you can jump jump to each day and and uh, prepare yourself to win a bunch of cash when DFS that's gets fun. back. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> we like that. No doubt. And then, of course, this weekend, uh, tomorrow and Sunday, Mr. Apatry is going to join me. So that's always a ton of a comic relief for me because I usually get to uh, pick on him a little bit, make fun of him a little bit. He'll come up with a few unique sayings like his juice on the bone and everything. So, you know, you get a little bit of sports, you get a little bit of laughter in there. You know, what else can you ask for? I give him a hard time all the time, Andrew, man. He is, he is just such an easy target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we love him, though. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. Um, couple things. Well, first of all, we you know we're we're starting a series uh, where we're it's really going to be an informational scenario where we're going to work through the next four shows, really talking about how as the pros with DFS Coach Talk we prepare for a slate, uh, specifically NBA, and you know we're going to go through that. Uh, from today, sort of the steps that we initially take in our process, and, and Andrew and I will share some of those with you today. Then, uh, like I say, this weekend, Mike and I will work on uh, tomorrow, uh, really breaking down the sites, the differences between DraftKings, FanDuel, Fantasy Draft, and Yahoo, go through all of those and, and, and the uh, importance of, of knowing how they score, etc., and then uh, the two, I think, the, the, the biggest keys are Sunday with, with Mike talking about contest selection, because I, I do believe that that is one of the top, if not the top biggest mistake that people do in, in DFS is they get in the incorrect contest based on their bankroll and what they're trying to accomplish. And so we're really going to break that down and, and dissect it so uh, that understanding is there so that our members and then hopefully uh, our listeners that are going to join us as well uh, will have a good sense of that going into, uh, you know, when everything launches back out. And then Andrew and I will finish up uh, that with uh, the bankroll management side of it, both from the cash side and the GPP side. You know, what what are goals you can make? How do you want to do that, you know, being disciplined with it. We'll go through every single detail there, uh, which I think will be a, a fantastic uh, uh, way to do it. So, and then then we start our team by team breakdowns, uh, and we're going to just do it from the 
bottom of the standings reverse order in the east from uh, worst to first and west worst to first so that'll take us 15 days we're going to do two teams a day and we're going to have uh guest appearances by several of our uh wonderful staff Layton and uh Brett and uh, Santino and uh Dawson and, and a little a little bit of everybody sharing uh their their thoughts on these teams uh, we're we're going to be looking at the teams individually, like the first day is Cavaliers and Hawks. They're the two worst records in the East. We're going to just go uh, each team. We'll split the show basically in half with each team and just dig into all the things that are going to matter when they come back. Like who's been playing? What are the trends? You know, we don't know if it's going to go directly to the playoffs, which would eliminate some of these teams playing at all. But as Andrew believes, and I believe, they are going to try to at least create some revenue stream and some healing for communities to get out there and, and support their team with some type of, even if it's a 10-game remainder of the season. So I think we will have some format of time to bet on DFS NBA with all of the teams. So that's why we're going through each team. We're going to bring up guys that are injured, uh, that you know this time frame of being off is going to help them. We're going to talk about the veterans, how they're going to be when they come back. Are they going to be at the same level? Because now they have shut down all of the facilities for all of the NBA teams. So nobody can go work out and scrimmage or play in any of the facilities, in any public place, in any gyms, you know, everything's shut down. So unless they have a court at home, where they can do some serious workouts, uh, they're going to get behind the curve. So let's we're going to talk about those pieces, too, because uh, that is going to affect some people. They're not going to be ready when they come back quite as well as they were uh, when things shut down. So anyway, that's sort of the landscape of what we're going to do. Uh, that'll take us into the, the second week of April. And then, you know, who knows? That's a month from now, almost. Maybe we will have more direction or understanding of where we're going to go from there. So do you think, Andrew, this is the million-dollar question that everybody wants to know. Let's get your opinion on it. Okay. If you had to make a guess or surmise how this is going to play out, and I know you're not a fortune teller, uh, although the way you put those simulation lineups together, I don't know, man. You're pretty good at that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit afraid that you beat me twice in a row, and I'm thinking about taking you on. If you sweep me three in a row, I'm going to quit right on the spot. I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> but anyway, I, what is your feeling from the sports world? Because that's all we're dealing with right now. How do you think this is going to play out? When do you think we'll be able to play DFS basketball and baseball again? I believe, as we sit here on March 20th, that we will be playing DFS on june 20th so three months april may june i wow. think okay i think the the that first uh recommendation from the cdc to limit gatherings of 10 when they put that in place that stretched forward until may 11th so yeah. even if that's extended another week or so um i think that gives us a month to have the players start to get back in shape, start to practice together, 
get everything organized. And then that gives you a couple, a week or two buffer as well. Um, I, I think that's realistic right now, you know, because the biggest variable is, are we going to have some sort of a national lockdown? Right. Um, I personally think that would improve the situation, minimize the damage, and it would be hard and difficult for all of us to deal with. But, you know, that might sort of expedite, ex- expedite, yeah, expedite um, getting back towards the society that we used to know, that the schedule that we used to know. So yeah. I, th- I still think that's the most likely outcome. Okay. No, I, I think it's reasonable. And it's, you know, a lot of people are saying that uh, as well. So it'll be, oh, there's just so much to unwind in all this though, you know, to figure it out. I agree with you. I think it's, I think that time frame is, is realistic. I wish it was shorter. Um, but, I just think uh, there are so many different things that have to take place. It, it'll be amazing to me, though, of DFS come August and September. I mean, are we really going to be in the the heat of the baseball season, the NBA playoffs, and the NFL all coexisting, uh, you know, for three, four months in a row. I mean, that's really what it's sort of looking like, you know? I, I do. I, you know what I think August could be? August is going to be the heart of the Major League Baseball season, and every game is going to mean more because it's going to be a shortened season. It's yeah. going to be the NBA Finals. It's going to be NFL preseason. It's also going to be, you know, major golf season. They're going to have the – they're probably going to have the PGA Championship in May. Yeah. Or, sorry, in, in August. So you're going to have all four of those sports – just completely cranking. Yeah. And, what about know, again, hockey? Is, yeah, don't hockey? They have, they have yeah, to hockey finish, was, right? They're getting – yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I almost forgot about hockey. And so. how about the fact that a lot of those sports share the same arenas? I know. that That's going to certainly be one of the challenges is getting things uh, – Scheduled. Scheduled yeah. and played because it's, it is it is on a condensed schedule, so it's going to be right. even tougher. Um, but, yeah, it could be a real bonanza in August if – if this just sort of goes according to the plan we just outlined. Yeah. It, I mean, you, for those that play, most people play multiple sports in DFS, by the way. I mean, it's a, there's been a study. It's more than three quarters of the people. I think it's even almost 80% play more than one DFS sport. So, you know, whichever favorites you have, I mean, it's, it's going to be, Usually it's spread out a little bit, but now it's going to be okay. So that makes this preparation to me, Andrew, even more important because when you're overwhelmed with everything, when it does come back, you know, having all of this, these notes and these, this strategy and everything we're going to talk about uh, all set and ready to go, I think is a big advantage uh, and can give you an edge when you're getting in these GPPs and in your cash games. Absolutely. And anytime you have a process that you have figured out and it's down pat and you stick to it, then you become more efficient and more effective. No doubt. Well, before we jump into the uh, sort of the the entire process and how we we go about this, uh, I want to remind everybody DFSCoachTalk.com is where you want to go. That's where you can see all about our uh, website that, that talks about uh, Everything that we offer, we bring forward. Right now, we're focused on the uh, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. 
and you know we have pros that that uh, are in our discord at all times talking about that uh talking strategy discussing players we have a fantastic community already you know even in the short time uh, that we launched um that, that really uh some really good people that that share some uh good information it's a great place to hang out talk sports and etc so we also uh, froze all of our memberships uh, from the, the day that this all started when Gobert tested positive uh, that evening. We froze our membership. So anybody that has a month or season long or, you know, week even, uh, we froze them and they'll pick back up when we can start playing DFS slates. We don't count any of this other baloney out there with. League of Legends and all those things, uh, those don't matter uh, to us because we're we're playing the real deal here. We're not just doing it to gamble. We're doing it to uh, have a great hobby, and, but make some money at it as well. So, um, you know, join us. Again, you're not on the clock. If you want to join us now, join in. You're not on the clock till we start back with uh, sports. So it's a good uh, good distraction. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter, Twitter uh, at DFS Coach Talk, or you can reach me directly at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic, and Mike is at Micah Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. So reach out to us if you have comments, especially on these next four shows you know, questions, comments, anything you want us to discuss on the shows, tweet us and we will include that in for sure. So uh, remember, we're going to continue to do these podcasts. No question about it. Seven days a week. We're going to release them early afternoon every day. So you can, you know, definitely uh, listen in, join in, keep preparing for the upcoming uh, restart of sports. You can check uh, check us out anywhere podcasts are found. We're on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube, amongst others. Uh, we do ask you take a second or two, since everybody has a little extra time on their hands right now. Rate, review, subscribe. It's important to you know give us that thumbs up. Uh, hit the little bell button and subscribe, so then when we do post a new uh, pod it gives you an update so you can listen right in and you know we have a giveaway also we're going to do monthly a one month giveaway if you put five stars in a little comment in itunes all of that's important because we want to move up the list because it makes a difference when people search if they're looking for you know daily fantasy sports talk or something of that nature uh will come up uh quicker and and we want to grow uh, grow our family here we you know our our community and uh, there's no better way to do it than to jump on and listen in and, and share your thoughts etc so we are excited about it for sure so let's let's jump into this Andrew and uh, we want to talk about the process that we always uh, discuss each day I think I mention it almost every day because it's so important really the three-step process that we think the members should follow uh, to really get the most out of uh, what we're doing here and give you the best chance to win. I'll say those three now, and then we're going to go through 
Andrew and I individually to, or together, if you will, of how we get to these three stages throughout each day when we're preparing to give you a little more insight of the background and how we're doing it. And it always, you know, we always recommend that you listen to the podcast each day, because as you'll hear here in a few minutes here, uh, there's a lot of preparation that goes in the night before, earlier that day into that podcast. So uh, a ton of the base of the foundation of building your lineup can come out of that podcast directly. The notation coming up with your skeleton lineup, your holder lineup, whatever you want to call it, that can all come out of that initial podcast. Then throughout the afternoon, just staying in tune with us on Twitter, uh, being in our Discord, and you, you get to hear all the different things that are happening within the league, who's hurt, you know, who's ruled out, who's on a minutes restriction, on and on and on. And that's obviously going to be a massive amount of news as people uh, come out of this, this uh, stoppage. And then the third piece, and the most important, is just really tuning in to us on our Discord as a member, jumping in there. That last 30 minutes is condensed down to, okay, here's all the final news. We're going to be chatting in there, talking about it, any shifts, because it's a domino effect in this game. If one guy sits, you don't just plug in another guy of the same salary because there's all kinds of things that happen. If a guy sits, it changes the defensive matchup. It changes the potential for maybe uh, the, the uh, total in that game. So it, it shifts game uh, preference. It shifts, uh, you know, minutes for other players as far as usage on and on and on. So we're going to dig into all of that in, you know, th those changes in that last 30 minutes and then uh, we're the only provider that I know of that is going to give you a full DraftKings and Fantasy, uh, I'm sorry, FanDuel lineup uh, that you can utilize. And, you know, we recommend, you know, we put a lot into these. I provide the cash and Andrew and Mike, depending on which one is on that day, to provide the GPP. And, yes, we want you to use our symbol and jump in these contests and, you know, with our icon or whatever you want to call that, uh, um, you know, so you, we can avoid getting in each other's way because some of us will have the same lineups. We'll, we'll pu uh, put those in there. Or, you know, if you followed the process and you want to put in a secondary lineup or your own lineup with a pivot or two based on everything that we went over throughout the day, that gives you the ability to do that as well. So, And we encourage that because, uh, you know, we want everybody to be part of what's going on. So that's how it all sort of comes together. So let's go back to where we start this off from. For me, I start the night before. I do not go to bed that evening until I've looked over the initial uh, schedule for the next day. And I know it sounds old school, but it's the one old school thing that I still do. I write down literally on a piece of paper uh, the team's. And, this, and, you know, who's playing each other, the time of the games, and then get that all prepared for the next day. So I'm doing my first glance, a couple of notes, like, you know, if I want to remember that T.J. Warren is out that game, I'll make notes, get all that paperwork ready, you know, review sort of that evening's games so that I know what's going to occur 
you know, what to look for the next day. So that's how I start out my initial process. How about you, Andrew? I, I do the exact same thing. So I guess we're both old school because I, I take out a piece of paper and I write down all the games that are coming up for that day. Sometimes I do this the night before. Sometimes I do this the morning of. But I write them all down in order with the game the game tip-off time off to the left. Yep. And that's very important because we play a lot on DraftKings. Anytime you're on a, a site with late swap, you have to know when these games are starting. Absolutely. Because as you're following the news throughout the night, you start to cross off, well, it's it's 8.05, so I've got all the news in on the 8 o'clock games. So I don't have to worry about them. Well, what's happening at 8.30? What happen, what's happening at 9? What's happening at 10? So then you know when to go check the news again, 30 yep. minutes before that next tip-off or next series of games, and then you can make any late swaps that you need to. So absolutely, the first thing I do is just write down the matchups and what, what time are the games starting. That's that's right. So we're on the same page there. Then, you know, the next morning when I get up, the first thing I do is I go to uh, the lines. And what I'll do on the, on the pieces of paper that I wrote down the games, I'll put in, you know, Orlando's minus six. The total is 217. And then I, I put the implied totals down, which are extremely important. You know, it may be 117 for one team, 100 for the other. So I do that for all games. That's my my first real look at building my initial lineup is that morning when I have all the matchups, the times, the and the spreads and the totals and the implied totals. This that gives me, you know, if you've got a game that's 246, it's Houston versus uh Milwaukee, the two one and two fastest paced teams in the league. You know, I'm going to put a little circle around that. If it's a game where I know, uh, you know, it's Denver versus, you know, uh, who Chicago Charlotte. or Charlotte. Yeah, it's slow. <laughs> you know, the pace isn't going to be there. You know, I make a little X by it to, you know, lessen the factor if I want to utilize that game. So that's my first steps in the morning. Uh, what, what are your first uh, blush in the morning, man? Okay, so that's interesting. You just described numbers four and five for me. So okay. I, I do those things, but there's a couple other things I do first. So let me list those, and I bet you do them as well, but yep. we have a slightly different order there. So what I do after I write down the games and what time they're starting is then I go to the team offensive pace, mm-hmm. offensive efficiency, and defensive efficiency. Yep. I, write, I write those down for each team playing that night. Okay, then so I get start to get a sense of, you know, is this going to be high scoring? Um, Are we what types of defenses do we have here, et cetera? Then I look at each team's schedule in terms of are they on a back to back? Are they are they on the front end of a back to back? Yeah. Are they coming in with lots of rest? So I and if they're on a back to back or the front end of a back to back, I write that down next to the game. Then I circle the games to stack myself. Before I even look at the lines in Vegas. So okay. I put all those things into the equation of the, the feel for it. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's it's a mixture of science and art, really, if you think about it. I mean, like you said, yep. if you just if I know it's Houston, Milwaukee, then I'm probably going to circle that game. If it's Denver and Charlotte, I'm not going to. But and you can do that on feel after you've studied these variables for long enough. Or you can kind of do it more systematically, mathematically by 
putting those rankings on your sheet of paper and looking at it and breaking it down yourself. Because what I want to do is I want to have that natural feel and mm-hmm. and basically know at a glance, is this a game I'm going to want to stack? Right. And so I make those decisions myself. I circle a game or two, uh, depending on, on the matchup. Sometimes I don't circle any, but usually it's one or two that I'll circle as I think these are going to be likely high scoring, likely close games. And then my fifth step is to actually go check the lines in Vegas, check the over-under, and have that sort of confirm what I was looking at. And, you know, the the whole – however you get there at that point, right. you know, what you and I have done is we've decided which games we want to target before we get into any of the other variables. Exactly. And, you know, whatever pro- – there's no magic bullet. You know, follow this exact process of the way – that you look at this, you know, statistics or whatever you utilize to, to build who you want to play. But, you know, it's whatever you're comfortable with and how you depart, departmentalize it in your brain of how you look at it. For me, I want to, you know, before I'm influenced by any of the specific game statistics, I, I want to know the, match, the team matchups and what those totals are so I can get an initial feel in my head and then when I, I'll explain what, what I do now in this next process and it's lengthy, but this allows me then to build the layers on to okay, once I'm done with these like six or seven steps, then I can start seeing it usually stands out like a sore thumb of the, the game or the team that you need to have a couple of guys, two or three guys from if you really want to take something down. And it sort of builds itself. And then I just can pull, pluck it from there. So what I do next, and, and this is the order I use, I do it exactly the same every day. Um, I go to the pace. And you you can go to ESPN.com. Hollinger puts out the, the pace uh, of each team. It's updated uh, live, real time. So whenever you look at it, it's it's updated. And I literally write in the pace of play for every team on that piece of paper, uh, where they are. Then I go next to team defensive efficiency. It's the best tool that I've found that gives you a feel of how that team is going to try to control that pace and the pace that they're going to play at. And the, the reason I like that, and I do, if you follow us or members now, you know when I tell the teams uh, in our podcast the only things that I mention are the things I just did. The totals, the uh, who's you know favorite over under, the implied totals of each team, the pace of play, and the defensive team efficiency. That's what I share on the, each podcast each day because that's really the basis. Because the defensive team efficiency takes a lot of different things into consideration that uh, people don't really realize. But the formula to get to that number, it, it really takes – Uh, a more approach of position by position and then combined as a team. And a lot of it is based on how many possessions the teams have, uh, how fast they get the ball up uh, in the shot clock. There's just a a lot of analytics that go into that number. And it's a pretty true test. Uh, And that's, again, updated uh, every day as well. Uh, I go to... Uh, www.teamrankings.com uh, and I click NBA I cl- then I click stats 
And then after that, uh, it gives you defensive dash efficiency. And if you go there and update it, uh, you, you have to update it every day. So it refreshes on your screen and then it's going to give you that updated information. So that is a key factor of what I look at. So then I've got that's my basis that I'm going to bring on to the the uh, podcast and go from there. Then I go into what I call a little bit of a combination of my secret sauce that I think has made me uh, more effective and winning a higher percentage than most people in the industry. And I don't say that in a cocky manner. I'm just being honest with the you know numbers don't lie. So I go to uh, ESPN advanced statistics and I look at the uh, defensive real plus minus. And that's in the advanced statistics with ESPN. You can you can look that up. Uh, and I want to see where there's a standout player playing a, a team. I've already sort of got a sense of who I like. Let's use an example of Donovan Mitchell, shooting guard for Denver. Let's say they're playing Utah. I want to know how Utah plays against shooting guards throughout this season. And the defense real plus minus is a good factor there. It's, you know, it's sometimes you think, is it exactly calculating the right information? And you know what? Sure, there's going to be some variance in there. But I'll tell you right now, it's as solid as you can get. Like if you go in there and look at the and we talked about this on one of the shows, we did the top five and bottom five of each, each defensive real plus minus. And of course, at the top, you had guys like uh, Marcus Smart, Patrick Beverly, you know, all the shutdown guys. And at the bottom, you had the Trey Youngs and all those guys that we know don't. So, I mean, the numbers don't lie and they come out there and, and that allows me to hone in on uh, usually about 10 guys that I think are in the most advantageous position to excel against a team that doesn't defend that position well. So I'll mark those down. But what I found, this is really interesting, Andrew, but what I found to be the biggest thing, and you'll, I think you can attest to this after doing all these shows, what it does is it, it calls out like 10 of what I call the, the trap or the sucker play guys. Cause you know, people will just immediately go to somebody like Harden, for example. But if it happens to be a team that has a, a slow pace that defends that position really, really well, and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, with the rest of these stats, then I put Harden on my do not take list. And sometimes those guys that I'll bring out, the traps, and et cetera, are the differences more so than even picking out the good guys. Does that make sense, Andrew? Absolutely. You you avoid guys that you normally like to play because they're such high producers, but if they're in a bad spot, bad matchup, back-to-back, um, so many factors that go into it, but especially that defensive matchup uh, and overall game pace, then that's when you have to fade the stars. Exactly. And 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 let's say on that slate, Harden is 65 percent ownership and you fade him and he he only goes like three X, three and a half X. Well, that gives you a massive jump on the rest of the field. So just identifying a few of those guys uh, is all it takes. You know, you don't need a, a monster list. You get two or three that do that. I mean, it's it's a massive massive difference. So that's that's a big uh, part of it as well. Uh, 
so then once I do that, I like to go into, uh, I go to fantasypros.com. I go to daily fantasy. I go to the NBA and then I go defensive versus position. And what this does is they break it down a little bit differently than just the real plus minus. It gives you a true ranking of the players uh, as far as where they stand, uh, both as players and as teams against uh, the other team's uh, opponents. So then in case, you know, the numbers are skewed because let's say, you know, you're looking at Malik Beasley. He didn't play very much for Denver. He's playing a lot for Minnesota now. So those numbers aren't going to reflect the, the true full breadth of what his number should be now. So this gives you more of a in-depth one step beyond of, of really trying to identify uh, those guys for sure. Then um, I know it gets a little crazy. Uh, I love to look at, I go to Fox Sports, uh, I go to Stats, Seasonal, and then I look at, at the advanced uh, stats and I look up up-to-date usage. And that's key. And I'll tell you why. Because, yes, we know Harden's like in the top three, shoots the ball all the time. All the guys, you know, some of it you know. But what you don't know is, you know, maybe somebody like a Rudy Gobert is 19th on that list and his usage is 28%. And he's going to be out that game. What it does is it allows you to look at where is that usage going? Who else on the list for Utah is up in that high group? Okay, where does that mainly go? Donovan Mitchell. Okay, he's already 32%. You know he's going to get a lift from Gobert. So you, you got some notations there. You know, let's look at like a Tony Bradley, who's Gobert's backup. You know, his... It, you know, you can you can follow through and see what his numbers are. He doesn't get a ton of that usage, but again, it's spread out over a period of time. So you make a notation of that. So it, it just gives you those usage numbers of, you know, everybody knows the Hardens, Westbrooks, Lucas, all that. But it's those guys from like 15 to 50 that really can shift with people being in or out of games or if they're a high-usage player against a team uh, like Houston, the second-fastest team in the league, then those – it just – it gives you a little – you put a little star by those guys. But then the true test – and this is my very favorite. It, I go – and if you don't use this site, then you're not going to win long-term in DFS. That's how much I feel this strongly about this in the NBA side of the world. It's basketball-reference.com. You go to advanced stats. You can look back at every game the teams have played in every different scenario throughout the season. So if you want to go back to Utah the last time Gobert didn't play, you can go to the advanced stats, look at the results, and it not only tells you some information, it gives you all of the information. So you can look at that game two months ago that Gobert missed and see exactly who played, exactly what the game flow was, the minutes played, the usage percentage. So let's let's say I, I go back to that game, and that's where I see that the backup center, uh, where Tony is, is, is all of a sudden, he was 31% usage in that game. So he's min, minimum value. 
Is this a guy that you want to play when Gobert's out? Absolutely. There's one of your keys to the slate. Now, if it's a different thing, let's say Donovan Mitchell had been backed up by uh, who's a backup guard for Clarkson. Clarkson. Okay, so you go back. Well, in that instance, Clarkson wasn't on the team yet. So you have you can't weigh it out as much because he got traded to them. Moutier. So you have to look right. So a Moutier, for example. Okay, so when what did Moody Moutier didn't move much. You know, he's a four percent. He went to five percent. So, you know, you don't want a Moutier to play Moutier just because Mitchell's out. But you can go back to basketball reference and see, wow, Conley went from 17 percent usage to the game that Mitchell was out to 30. So there's your big leap of the guy that now is in play. A Mike Conley, who you normally wouldn't play in this scenario, is going against a fast-paced team. He's the biggest beneficiary of Donovan Mitchell being out, and that gives you a, a real true analysis of all of those numbers put into what that situation is. You can also, even not on an injury situation, let's say you know Houston plays Milwaukee. Okay, what am I going to do? I want to play Houston guys because this is the one and two fastest team, but I'm concerned to play Houston guys because Milwaukee's number one team in, in team defensive efficiency in the league. So let's go back to when they played last time. Who did it affect? Who didn't, didn't it affect? And you got to look, you know, if there's player personnel changes, you can almost replace guys. Like if there's a guy that blew out his knee, like the one guy did, and then house came into that spot, even though he's not in statistically in there, you can plug him in there because he, you know, that he's taking the minutes that the other guy that got hurt was playing. And you can see that, okay, Milwaukee has a tendency to give up a lot of threes, which is true. So let's look. Who did it really change? It didn't help Westbrook when they played. It did shut him down a little bit because he's not he doesn't count on the three. And they had Gobert and everybody inside to shut him down. So Westbrook's not the guy that that did well. But let's let's see. Oh, my goodness. Ben McElmore was 27 percent that game. He got minutes. He gets wide open threes uh, against Milwaukee. You know, I use Gobert, but I meant Brooke Lopez. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, and so then you can you can go in on a guy like, OK, is Ben McElmore in my player pool? Is he going to be a guy that's going to get enough minutes at a minimum price to go seven, eight X? Because he did so well last time they played him, and you know you're seeing that they give up a lot of threes, etc. So I know this sounds like the minutia and the weeds, but it's not. It's pretty straightforward, and it's it's the differentiator to what what makes the difference. So that's usually the progress of the the steps that I take. So then when I come out of this, I don't listen to any other uh, shows. I don't tune in to any of our uh, competitors in any sense, because I don't want my thoughts skewed initially. I don't want to avoid a person because he's going to be super owned or be afraid to put a guy on there that's going to have 2% ownership. And and our members will attest to it. You'll see my lineups and you'll have two or three guys, one or 2% owned sometimes, which is unusual. Almost every provider goes the safe route and provides the guys with a lot of use. It's just the truth. So I, I go into that podcast with, with Andrew or Michael with all of that information <clears throat> so that I can speak to those guys uh, 
in that essence of the pool. I haven't built my lineup yet, but I got my skeleton. I got my ideas. I know I'm looking a little bit at Macklemore. I know that I think, uh, you know, Harden is a great play that day. I know I want to avoid Westbrook. I know I want to avoid Mitchell, whatever. I've got all that stuff down. I can talk about that a little bit on the show. And that brings me to that point. So it's a lot of stuff, Andrew. But how about you as far as right before we go into the show then? Well, I want to just summarize what you've said in another way, which is that a lot of the stuff you're talking about, first of all, we do it so that if you don't have the time to do it as a listener, then you can take advantage of the the research that we've done. Right. But another, another way to describe it is just the stuff that you get these questions in your mind when you're looking at a slate and you say to yourself, man, I'd like to know what that answer is. Like what happened when Houston Milwaukee played earlier in the season or what happens to um, Mike Conley's usage when Mitchell is out? And it's the stuff that you want to know, but do you have the energy and the time to go find it out? And so that is the key. I mean, that right. if, if you want to be your best, you got to go down those rabbit holes as much as possible. That's, and, that's, the, that's the difference. Maybe. Yep, yep. It really so, is. That's the secret sauce of putting all of that information together. You're exactly right. So. Um, to get from where we are so far to the podcast and building lineups, the, the other steps for me are after I've um, sort of built the slate, looked at the pace, offensive, defensive efficiency, looked at the schedule, looked at the Vegas lines. Then you got to look at the injuries. You got to go wherever you are. You're the night before. You're in the morning. You're at lunch. Look at the injuries because that's obviously going to have a major effect on each game and the slate overall. So I do that. Mm -hmm. Then I look at what you just mentioned, the previous matchup between those two teams this season. There's just a ton of information you can, you can gather from previous matchups. How did, you know, how did uh, this particular center do against Gobert? How did these point guards match up against each other? How did this guy respond to Chris Paul defense, whatever the case may be. There's a lot you can take away from, the previous matchups between those two teams. And then I also like to look at the box scores for each team from their last two games, usually just to get a sense of recent trends in minutes. And this is something I've talked about before, but there's a lot of things you can take from a box score that you, you can't get anywhere else. And sometimes, you know, reading box scores gets a little bit of a negative connotation, but Here's what I want to stress to our listeners, the value of looking at a, at a box score. And you have to compare it to what you see on a fantasy site if you're looking at a player's performance. So if you just look at somebody's fantasy point total, that doesn't tell you how many minutes he played. Right. That doesn't tell you how many shots he took. Yeah. It doesn't, And it doesn't tell you how many three-pointers he took. And those are just three of the many variables I look at when I look at a box score. And the nice thing about doing it is you've got it all in one place. So you can see how things work with each other. You know, um, if you look at a couple box scores and you haven't done it before with this in mind, you start to see, oh, so if Jokic plays 30 minutes, how many how many minutes did Plumlee play? 18. They don't play on the court together. So you can really learn a lot by looking at minutes played. Um, again, and then with the field goal attempts and three-point attempts, 
I don't want to know that he made four shots. I want to know if he was four for six or was he four for 18? Because, mm-hmm. again, if, if you're not following it closely, you're not sure. Uh, maybe you haven't gone and looked at usage numbers. Yeah. But if you're looking at these day these numbers day in and day out, you know you know those things instinctively. You know who's getting all the shots. And yep. that's important because we we want to get guys who are bouncing back. You know, maybe they, they only made four shots last game, but they took eighteen. All right, well, if he's gonna get that percentage of the shots on offense, you know, maybe I want to get him here on a bounce back. And as I was preparing for our show today. I remembered a guy whose stats really jumped out at me this year at one point during the regular season, and it's LaMarcus Aldridge and his three-point shooting. So I want to break this down for our listeners, all right? When we think of LaMarcus Aldridge, we think of that guy in Portland and now San Antonio who for years he's gotten the ball on the block, done a lot of damage in the post, and he's shot a ton of those mid-range jumpers. Yeah. And he's Maybe the best good. mid-range jumper of all time. So yeah, whatever. and he's pretty good at it. But when we think of him in Portland, we don't think of him as shooting three-pointers, right? No, and so if, if you go to somewhere like Basketball Reference, you pull up his stats, all those years in Portland and in San Antonio, how many shots, how many three-pointers did he attempt per game? It was zero, 0, 0.1, 0, 0.3, 0, 0.2, 0, 0.3, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2, 0.2,
I remember doing a show with you and you brought you brought that point up. This was like maybe after he had attempted like five, five and three. And you had said, OK, you know, I'm looking to roster this guy because it seems like he's added this three point shot to his repertoire ever since he's come back from injury. And I and it paid off for you. And I think a lot of the industry hadn't caught on to that yet. So I think that's a great point. And that's stuff that really, you know, we we want to do a lot of that for you to take that uh, some of that hard work away. But it's certainly stuff that you can uh, certainly track yourself and, and find out and and beat people to the, the punch before they they catch on. Um, I wanted to mention two other things I do right as right before we go uh, on with on air with the podcast is uh, I look and mark down on my sheet because I read those out during every podcast as well. Who's on the first night of a back-to-back, the second night, and who's played like three games and four nights kind of stuff. That is very important information. And then that's where I finally look because I try to wait till the last minute because the updates come out later and later with players. Then I'll go on and I'll look at Fantasy Labs and and the, the places that give the updated injury report and mark all of those down. Because that also highlights, you know, if I've already done those other six steps and then all of a sudden Mitchell is questionable, now based on the defense he's facing, who stepped up in usage during that time, how those minutes allotment are going to work, if Mitchell's off the court, now all of a sudden Mike Conley's really a serious play for me. So that's why I look at it in those standards and those steps. Then we go on the podcast, we go over everything else. And then like everyone else throughout the afternoon, that's where I fine tune and build my lineup. Any other information that comes out, you know, I've already done the complete statistical brush of everything and I've gone through this. But here's the final piece. And this is why, you know, some of you out there may be saying, wow, coach just gave out exactly how he prepares for a lineup and for a slate. You know why I'll just do these things and I don't really need to to jump on with DFS coach talk. This is where the difference comes in. When I'm preparing those lineups and it's getting close to that 30 minutes before lock, the difference that I look at when I make these final decisions have to do with being just a, a huge basketball fan that watches a ton of basketball, understands how the game works understands a little bit how the coaches think uh, and knows coaches rotations tendencies etc so that you can't really put on a statistical analysis but i know those things so i will start looking at these things like you know knowing carlisle's use of his bench in a game uh three and four days where he i know he's not going to extend luca where it's going to bring a guy like Jalen Brunson into play because I know Carlisle's philosophy and thoughts, and I think this is going to be a close game based on the usage and how uh, you know the minutes are going to be split, et cetera. So I start putting all those pieces together, whereas let's say it's Houston, uh, one of the, the common ones we always talk about. They're playing against Phoenix. They beat them bad the last time. It looks like they have the advantage here. We've looked at all the other things, Phoenix – Phoenix struggles with guys slicing to the basket, finishing based on 
usage and ref, basketball reference on the last time they played. Westbrook just crushed them. They couldn't stop his penetration. And I know D'Antoni plays guys well into the fourth quarter with a 30-point lead. It's just his philosophy. He wants to have guys on the floor more. And, you know, then you look at the other little idiosyncrasies, you know, the Chris Clemens was sent down to the G League. He's not going to steal some of those late minutes. All those little pieces that you follow and know, but just by watching, uh, you know, then in that instance, Westbrook becomes a stronger play, you know, where other people may eliminate him because they're a 14-point favorite. So knowing the game, watching the game, you know, the biggest advantage I've gotten, like there was a game earlier in the year where LeBron was playing, but I noticed you know, like he was coughing a few times. He took a few plays off, which he hasn't done this season at all. And I was like, this guy, something is not right here. I am not, I'm crossing him off my list tomorrow. This was the day before. And no report came out. Nothing came out. They were a late game on the West Coast. I had already taken him off my, my sheet. He was 44% owned. An hour before the game, he was scratched due to being sick. So that's just eye test, man. You just got to watch it. You know, I, I watched a game where Golden State was playing. Uh, it seemed like meaningless. It was a 30-point difference. It was the beginning of the fourth quarter. He brought Marquise Chris in the game. Marquise Chris got smoked, allowed two dunks in a row, just wasn't engaged at all. And I saw Kerr's anger. He yanked him out of the game, not physically, but he took him out of the game. And I knew he was pissed. So I thought, you know, this guy is in the doghouse. I'm not rostering him tomorrow. It was a short slate, a three-game slate. And everybody was jumping on Chris because he's going to start at center. But I didn't feel comfortable with it. Well, that just happened to be the game where uh, he didn't get many minutes. They actually waived him the next day. He cleared waivers. Nobody picked him up. And then a week later, they ended up picking him back up. So they must have given him a second chance. But you can see some of those things coming just by that massive eye test that you're not going to see in any statistical analysis. And let's face it, a lot of the people in the industry, and I'm not saying this to be negative. God bless them all. They all do a great job. They're taking all the analytics and statistics, putting it into an optimizer. The optimizer is spitting it out and saying, Play 150 lineups with 7% Conley and 9% uh, Donovan Mitchell and 12% Luca on down the line. Now, if you're a mass entry person, which I don't think most people that uh, can afford 150 $40 entries, I think maybe less than 1%. If you're the normal guys that are out there trying to, you know, play some cash games or get in some GPPs, single entries and stuff that are winnable, then you, you've got to do this by hand. I just don't see another way. And you got to use all those statistics. They're all important. They're a huge piece of weight. But then you have to have that other piece of knowledge. And that's why I'm not afraid anytime anybody asks me any questions, how do you do your research to prepare for a slate? I'm happy to share like I did today, exactly how I do it. But that's about three quarters of the story. The part that makes the biggest difference, that other 25%, is understanding the game inside and out, understanding the players, the tendencies, the coaches, the rotations. And then, you know, you put all of that into play with the statistics, follow it closely throughout the day for any news, and then lock in that last 30 minutes. 
to make sure that you have the, the best uh, possible lineup. And that's when I look at usage, or I'm sorry, ownership. Not until then. I want to know at that point who is getting over-owned or under-owned. You do need to look at ownership when before you put your last lineup together because it can be a differentiator. If you like two guys like almost the same through all this stuff, it's, it's still down to two guys and a guy is 60% owned and a guy is 20% owned, which guy are you going to go with? You're going to go with the 20% owned guy because you like him equally. You want an edge on the field. Now, sometimes there's a guy on a small slate. It happens a lot. Like Luke is in there. Okay. He's 86% owned, uh, you know, but it is what it is. You got to eat the chalk. You got to play him. He's, turns out best on all your your studying you can't just fade a guy just because of ownership but you have to understand then okay i have luca like 86 percent of the world does so let's look at another spot to differentiate you know slightly and i play cash games so i'm not going to take wild shots you know the gpp guys you can take a little bit more of a differentiating slot I want to be different than some guys, but it's not in the in lieu of taking such a wild shot that a guy that averages 10 fantasy points a game, you're trying to get 30 out of. So you got to the balance in cash is, you know, look at the ownership, let it let it have some effect on your final lineup, but don't let it dominate it. And then, you know, don't be afraid to back off of that low percentage guy. If if through all that research, I found Mike Connolly to be the guy that night, and he's 3% owned, I'm not going to let that shake me off him because I have the basis to do that. So I will play him in cash. Now, maybe Tony Bradley, the backup from, for Gobert in that whole mix that we sort of talked about, I wouldn't have you know the guts to put him in my cash lineups, but I would definitely utilize him in a GPP because he could come in at the low price dollar and get 35 fantasy points. And then you're that step ahead. So that's sort of the picture. That's, that's how I come up with my final product, Andrew. Yeah, that's a lot of great stuff. And I love how you broke down some of the things you do at the end and, and where that edge comes from. And it's funny, all these variables we've talked about, we haven't mentioned two really big ones you, you you certainly hit on it, but it's the eye test that comes from watching the games. And yep. that's something we pride ourselves on. We do it and we love it. And you get so much out of it, like whether it's LeBron looking like he maybe is a little bit under the weather and then you, you plan to fade him. You mentioned Chris Clemens. He's a guy I've talked about a lot this year. And that's yeah. from watching him in college, watching him in preseason and knowing what kind of game he is and what, what's he like when he's on the court. He jacks up threes as soon as he gets over half court, I mean, he's shooting like he's Trey Young and yeah. he's, he's got a great shooting form. And so that's why if you if you know that you've you've studied, you've scouted you on the eye test, you know what to expect from somebody like that. Then you have a much you get an edge because you have a strong opinion on, well, once he gets his shot, I'm going to play him. And so I still remember one of the best nights I had this year was that game when Houston was traveling to New Orleans and mm-hmm. Harden, Harden, Westbrook, and Capella all sat, and yeah. I went, I went all in on Clemens and Hartenstein, and had a had a terrific night, just mm-hmm. smashed with those lineups because other folks, you know, maybe they played one of them, um, but nobody, not, you know, not many people were going all in on both of them. So 
Right. Um, that's certainly what the eye test is for and all the scouting that we do. And then the other thing I got to mention, which is funny, this whole podcast about preparation, the one thing we haven't really talked about at all <laughs> is the player pricing. You know, what is the pricing on that night for each player? Yeah. And for me, one of the most fun fun things to do is we do all this research ahead of time. And then at the very end, if you actually look at the pricing on each site, then guys really jump out of you and you say, well, what in the world is this guy priced at 4,500 for on DraftKings? Or why is this, you know, yep. stud at, you know, 7,700 instead of 9K? And, you know, then you that's when you really start to, you know, work on roster construction for that night is everything that goes into it. And then you make adjustments based, based on the price. Yep. And that's, that's just what I think is really a lot of fun. Yeah, It is. And that's a good point. You know, uh, that I sort of, it, it's not part of like my build for my lineup. It's weird. I, the, the salaries come into play. Once I have my player pulled, I'm ready to roster my team. Then I have to look, you know, that's where you'll find, and it's been weird this year, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel, you have a guy 7,500 on one site and 5,700 on the other site. It's like nuts. So you have to take advantage of those price breaks. But, you know, I don't let that completely dictate. Sometimes you can get fall into that, well, I'm just taking him because he's a value. Well, not if he doesn't fit all the other criteria that we've discussed for the last hour. I mean, if he fits that criteria and he's a value, then yes, absolutely. But, you know, I still want to let my research dictate my lineup more than the pricing dictate. Because I think a lot of people go in and they build their lineups on on price. They'll look at, all right, who are the cheap guys I can get in here at value so then I can buy the Hardens and Lucas. And, and you know, that's fine, but it's not it's not getting to the bottom. You're cutting all that middle part out that prepares it. For me, I've got my player pool. I'm going to look at the pricing. Can I afford, you know, these three guys? No, I can afford two of them. So let's look at who's left in that player pool at the cost that can make it fit. And then the fact that a lot of times, uh, Andrew, I'll play all four sites. I'll have a lineup uh, or two because I only play one or two lineups a night. But I'll have it on DraftKings FanDuel and I'll also throw some in in Fantasy Draft and Yahoo. So if you have that player pool and you can put them in, uh, you know, just need to really organize them by salary at that point and get them in there. It m- makes it much easier when it comes down to, to crunch time. But, yes, yeah, salary is a piece. And and that's part of, you know, what we like to, you know, you have to have some pivots in mind for different sites that have different pricing. Plus, we'll talk about on one of these other shows here coming up shortly is uh how do they, the stats count? You know, you get a bonus for a double-double on some sites. You get extra for three-pointers on some sites. That all comes into play. And you can't willy-nilly just play the same lineup on every site. That's a death sentence right there. You have to let the site and the pricing and how they they uh, do their scoring dictate the lineup. So this, this is not a process, you know, if you're putting money into this and you're looking to be profitable this isn't something that you can just do in 30 minutes i mean and i think you personally you know come to us at dfs coach talk i mean you know what we've stated in this show alone will tell you how hard we work at this how much we believe in it and we don't win 75 percent of the time by accident 
we do it because we follow all of this very, very religiously when we prepare for every slate. Whether it's a three game or a 14 game, we're doing the same steps to prepare. So take advantage of us with DFS Coach Talk. Utilize a different approach than you're going to find from anybody in the industry. I guarantee you that. I've done all the research, been through them all, checked them all out, been part of some of them. And what I wanted to do was take an overall look, get some of the most respected people in the industry together and create something that's completely unique that can shift the needle in DFS. And I think that's, I know that's what we have here at Coach Talk. So, uh, you know, we look forward when, when sports gets back for everybody to jump on and enjoy it with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if if you all like what you're hearing, if you're sort of new, you're checking us out, then come join as a member. Like Coach said, um, basically your account will be frozen. So all this all this downtime we have, we're chatting in Discord with our members. I don't know if you can hear it on my computer, but I've got all these notifications coming up with our pros and our members chatting even throughout the afternoon here. So we're constantly interacting uh, to to share information, and it's it's fun. You know, and, and there's nothing like a little community of like-minded people to help get you through this this rough period. So, yeah. um, you know, feel free to come and join as a member now and your account will be frozen um, and you can interact with us in our, our member Discord area, chatting and sharing information and, and getting through it. And then uh, we'll be ready to rock and roll, hopefully by June, really. I, that's my over-under. My over-under would probably be about... June 15th and so I'm going to go okay. over it with the June 20th start gotcha um, but I, to be honest anything in June right now I'd, I would take so that's that's what we're gearing up for well I'm gonna I'm gonna be the uh, eternal optimist and say May 15th oh nice I like I, it <laughs> I know there's no criteria to that it's just the power of positive thinking if we all think May 15th Maybe it comes true. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome, man. We've gone pretty long on this show. I knew these next four shows were going to go long. But, you know, we want to to share it, you know, give you a chance to really dig in, listen to all this stuff at a different level. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's extremely helpful for you. And and, uh, I enjoy being able to share it. Uh, Obviously, you can tell we're very passionate here about it. So, uh, uh, we're excited to share all of this with you. Now, tomorrow and Sunday, like I say, I'll be with Mike uh, Apatria. We're going to do the shows in the morning, so they'll come out a little bit earlier on the weekends. We usually do that. Tomorrow is uh, DFS Sites, DK FanDuel, Fantasy Draft, and Yahoo. Sort of the differences, uh, how they, uh, you know, what the scoring systems are, etc. Then on Sunday, it's that uh, contest selection. That's going to be a big show because it's so important you know it nothing drives me more crazy than when somebody's trying to build a bankroll and i think i've said this a lot of times but i got to say it one more time is you know they'll tell me okay i'm only playing about 15 bucks a night i put two entries in the seven dollar and 77 cent uh super uh gpp on fanduel which is so hard to cash. I mean, there's everybody roaring 150 lineups in there. I mean, you can't 
approach stuff like that. It's just not smart. So we want to go through, and and a lot of people do it. I mean, it's they they figure, hey, I'm going for it. I mean, they're gonna win hundred thousand dollars or not win anything. You know, hundred thousand times out of a uh, nine hundred ninety nine thousand. You know, so um, the bottom line is, you know, we're gonna go over that, talk about it, figure out how, you know, to to recommend. You know, also there's a lot of other idiosyncrasies that we have to to just bring up that are important. And I want to mention one right now. So I don't forget it on the next show. Don't ever play guys because their game is a national TV game, or it's, you're looking for a late night sweat game. If you're just doing that to do that for that purpose, you're going to lose. You cannot let any of those, that information affect your picks. One, I mark the times down on my sheet, not because I want to know when my guys are playing, because I don't care. I completely don't care if my entire roster is in the first game or the last game. That's how you have to approach it. I put them down for the, the late swap sites, which we'll talk about tomorrow, so that if there is a late change, then you know that you can make a move. But, you know, the simple things like that, if you get real disciplined, you know, we've got this time off. Study these right like your own personal top 10 down. I am not going to play just national TV games. A guy what I like another guy a little better, but I'm going to play this guy because he's on national TV. Put all those little things down just to remind yourself because you'll see a big change just with the small differences. Let us do the, the in-depth work of going into all those sites, looking at all the, the other stuff then utilize our knowledge in that area with with some of the the things that you want to trend in doing the right way. So that's sort of where we're at, my man. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun today. I will be off this weekend, as you said, so have fun with Mike, and I'll be back on with you on Monday. All right. Keep social distancing this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. I think, uh, you know, I, I got to scorn our, our, our lovely uh, – we may have some listeners down there, so I apologize if I offend you. But if you're partying on the beach with thousands of people right now, get your ass home. Let's get through this thing so we can get back to sports. Listen to what the government's telling you. It's You know, we got to just sort of chill for a bit, and then we'll get back. Maybe our if – we, if we all did that and squashed this thing – Maybe my May 15th date can come true. You know, it's possible. So do it, do it, do it. Hey, real quickly, mambaon3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Definitely jump on there. It's a great fund for those uh, survivors from the whole Kobe uh, thing. And, you know, those families need uh, that support, especially now with the corona and everything going on. Uh, just a fantastic uh, site to go to if you, if you want to. Uh, share uh, with that that group so uh, all right that's it uh, great great show Andrew fantastic info appreciate your insight and uh, you know hopefully this is something that our, our members and our future members will be able to use uh, going forward so any last thoughts my man that's it thank you all for joining us beautiful well we thank you for joining us for this episode of DFS coach talk for my fellow NBA pros, Micah Patria and Andrew Hansen, I am Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow as we look to prepare to crush it in NBA DFS.